So Holy Spirit, cover us today. Let your word go out with love and zeal and hope and fresh possibility into all our lives. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ah, oh, well, my message today, I don't know whether it's going to come on the, up on the screen, is called, uh, I actually started getting this message while I was overseas. Uh, it's always good sometimes to go away and have a fresh look at where you are. And I uh, felt the Lord put this message on my heart to start studying and preparing uh, towards 2019. So I was overseas at the end of last year. And he gave me this message, 2019, the year of others. The year of others. And, okay, let me just, I'll just backtrack a bit there. Because I, you know, we're also on social media. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us in this room, including myself. And um, I just thought, we are so self-aware. Uh, now, that's a positive thing. You know, we like to do the selfie and we make sure it's the right angle. And then we have other people in the selfie, which I'm totally guilty of. My grandsons, my grandbabies, whatever, wherever. You're out for tea or something, you do the selfie thing. And I just thought, I don't know whether, please hold me to it. If you see me put up a selfie, just go, uh-uh, Pastor Chris, you know, whatever. But I decided that this year would not be the year of selfie, but it would be the year of others. That, and I felt that the Lord was turning my, sort of like turning my eye sockets away from my needs to what he had for others. And it was interesting because it was, you know, when we come to the end of a year, we have our New Year's Eve, we have our dream service. And I was overseas when I went to a, our dream service in Los Angeles. And I filled out the card and I came forward and one of our pastors prayed for me. Um, it was awesome. And then I, I just, I put that dream sheet into my 2019, here we go, you know, here we come journal. And that's when the Lord started to speak to me about this message. Now, Chris... I'm going to open your eyes to see others because I have a dream. That's what I heard from Jesus. I have a dream for this earth and I want you to see it because tick-tock, time is tipping away. When I was converted in the 1971, Jesus was coming back within 18 months, you know, don't buy a house, don't, don't bother getting your doctor's degree or whatever. It was, it was a bit crazy. But it was like Jesus was imminently coming back. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, not yet. Wait until I'm married and have a baby. <laughs> you know. Um, but what really the preparation or the urgency of the hour is that our eyes are opened for others so that we can fulfill the big dream and mandate and commission of Jesus that my father's house will be filled, yeah. filled. So I started my mission in uh, LA and my sons were with me a lot of the time in shops and everything. And Daniel said to me one day, oh my God, mom, you're always telling people about Jesus. And I realized, oh my gosh, it's working. The mission is working. Like if you have the Jesus eyes, which is the mission, the year of others, then you along with myself, we will begin to not just be going on our own merry way, but our eyes will begin to be opened to see others. 
not just to see them, yes, we do need to be kind, we need to be good workers, we need to be good bosses, mums, dads, children, whatever we are, students, uh, you know, trainees. But in the midst of our determination to make our life better, let's lift our eyes up just a little bit. It's just a little tweak, tweak, and you see others. Okay, I've got to keep moving, but I want to give you this little example. I was in um, a bed, bath, and beyond, is that what it's called, in LA with Daniel. We are getting some kitchen stuff, and I had a little espresso bar there. And I, and I said, oh, I'll just get us a little takeaway espresso thing, and I'll, I'll meet you down in the kitchen stuff. You start, you know, Eri, you start putting stuff into the trolley, and I'll get our coffee. And then this little older lady, beautifully dressed, had a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a limp, but she was elegantly dressed. And just as she came up, obviously she was going to get one too. Um, I had these two espresso coffees in my hand, and I looked at her, and my eyes were opened. I saw her. Like, it was like I saw her because I'd now determined in my mind, in my heart, that 2019 would be the year of others. It was now the new year, right? And I looked at her and I said, oh, here. So it started with connection. That's the, that's the beauty of connect groups, is you can find a place where you connect. So anyway, we're just, as she said, oh, you're so kind. And I said, oh, thank you. And I said, and you are so beautifully dressed. So we made a, you know, the girl thing, the female thing. And she went, oh, thank you, so are you. And, um, and uh, she said, oh, because uh, I have an Australian accent. She was American. And she said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm shopping with my son, but I'm actually a pastor. And um, we have these, our churches here in LA. And immediately she went, oh, um, I have this growth on my <laughs> stomach. And she started talking to me about her life and everything. And then I asked her quietly, respectfully, may I pray for you? In fact, uh, she first of all said to me, could you pray for me? Because once you say who you are, and hey, you don't have to be a pastor to pray for people. Because why? You've got Jesus with you. He's the one. He's the one that'll open your eyes. Have a moment. You know, she, this was kind of like the woman at the well moment for me. Like there's Zacchaeus is up a tree, there's women at the well all over this neighborhood. And then I prayed for her and she went, she got all wobbly. Oh, oh, oh. And then Daniel can see me and he's like rolling his eyes a bit. Here she goes. <laughs> okay, so at that point, right, I, did, I didn't have the little invite card with me. Dang, so be prepared, learn the lesson. Pastor Chris didn't even have where the church address was or whatever to give her. But um, she said, oh, I come in here all the time. And I said, well, I'll make sure I come back. Oh, I gave her my business card. And I said, okay, you can email me. She said, if, um, if <laughs> I don't know whether my healing prayers worked, Pastor Mick, because she said, uh, if you don't hear from me, it means the lump's still there. I haven't heard from her, so. <laughs> But hey, one step at a time. Ah, L plate, L plate, right? You know, I'm not at the stage where I just go bump and the person goes, I'm healed, I'm healed. But we're all on a journey. Let's, let's learn, let that be an illustration for all of us to at least start to step out and to think of others. 
So um, are you ready for a little story this morning? Starting this message with a story, I better get moving. Um, yeah, this is a wonderful story. I don't know uh, how many of you ever watched the movie or the story behind the movie Hacksaw Ridge. Anybody seen that movie? It's a war movie. Oh, all men are holding up there. Oh, and a few brave women. Good, great at the back. So let me just um, let me just read the story behind this movie. Okay, the hero of the movie is based on the true account of a USA soldier. Desmond Doss, the first conscientious objector to win America's highest military award, the Medal of Honor, without even firing a shot. A picture of him should come up. Is it there? It will come up. Okay. Here's the background if you don't see the movie or if you just want a little bit of history. The Pacific Theater's bloodiest battle of the Second World War took place on a boulder-strewing cliff top named Hacksaw Ridge on the Japanese island of Okinawa in the late April 1945. But he was not popular. Here's the background of this person, you know, on a mission, but hey. He was not popular amongst his fellow soldiers prior to this act of valor, which would set him apart from his fellow men. While refusing to carry arms or train on the Sabbath, he was ridiculed and scorned by his fellow army recruits and superiors, brutally beaten and abused, while a senior officer threatened to court-martial him to have him declared mentally ill. Have, has anyone had that kind of a you know, moment? Not yet, but hey, it gets worse before it gets better. When he knelt to pray by his bunk, soldiers threw their boots at him, one soldier in his platoon vowed, when we get into combat, Doss, I'm going to kill you myself. Yet. Nevertheless, turn to your name and say, here it comes, here it comes. It's, she's going to turn the page, something good's going to happen here. The attitude of his colleagues changed on a given day. A day when the true inner spirit of a young man would rise up. After U.S. Trips, troops faced a deadly network of gun nests and booby traps, retreating to the face of a merciless onslaught, Doss remained atop the escarpment. And this is what he, unarmed and under constant fire, he single-handedly rescued, remember this, 75 wounded soldiers, lowering each one 40 feet to safety on a makeshift rope sling he devised before returning to the killing fields to find more troubled. Is, that, is the picture up? Okay, just hold that there right now. And this was his prayer. Oh, wow. This is my prayer. But thank you, soldier Doss. Dear God, he prayed as he perilously made his way to each wounded soldier. Let me get just one more. Let those words just sink in. Dear God, let me get just one more. He didn't hesitate. He knew the dangers. He did not hesitate. He had an eye and a heart, not for his own safety, but for the safety 
of others. Every time he went back to get the wounded soldiers, there was gunfire, there was bullets whizzing around, there were bodies all around him, but he did not stop. He didn't think twice, he just boldly stepped out. But you know, at that moment, you know, he didn't know if he was gonna survive. Nobody knew what he was doing until these bodies started coming down on these makeshift rope things that he alone at the top were letting down. So he was almost like at this stage an unseen hero. And that is like you and I. We go out, we plant the seed. We go out, we invite somebody to our home or to coffee at work. We invite them to connect group. We do not know the effect that it's going to have on the life of that person we're touching. So never give up. Never think I'm too shy. This, this was a guy who was in a way awkward. He wasn't a charismatic, amazing person that when he walked into the room, they were like, oh, I wanna meet Jesus. It was quite the opposite. But his mission was deep in his heart. His eyes were open to that mission that Jesus, Lord, just one more. So here in Matthew 4, 19, uh, Jesus' amazing words are this. Come, follow me, right? That's the first step, is to come to him and to follow him. And he goes on to say this, and I will send you out to fish for people. What did he mean? I'll send you out, like, go down to the shores? No, it's, it's, it's a metaphor. I will give you a heart. I will give you a I, I will give you a caring, I will give you a slow down for a minute moment and see somebody else. That is the mission. It's not like, oh, 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 make me a soul winner. What he does is he slows our life down exactly where we are. And so that's everybody. We're all able to be these people that Jesus is saying, I will send you out to fish for people. So let me just say it again. 2019 is definitely a year for others, amen? And may God answer that prayer at the beginning of this message to open up our heart and cause our hearts to be the soil that Jesus can use for us to just begin to see others. One of my favorite examples, I've used it before, but I'm gonna use it again, is Zacchaeus in Luke 19. We know the story, but it's such a great example of the attitude of Jesus. Like we are not to be nasty and mean, but we're to be cunning and wise as we're inviting people into our world. And you know what happened. See, Jesus, every single person uh, that Jesus witnessed to, by the Holy Spirit, they were already being prepared. There was something already happening in their heart so that when Jesus even kind of got in a bit, uh, you know, he could have dug in. They were already understanding that they needed a change of life. The woman at the well, right? She could have just come back and walked off in a huff. Who does he think he is? But her heart was prepared. And that's our prayer that we pray, Lord, the hearts of the people that you've got for us will be start to be made soft. You know how to do that. And so with Zacchaeus, he, knowing that he was disliked in his community, struggled, 
you know, left his office or his whatever, mansion, and found his way up that sycamore tree. And the Bible calls him Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus. So the work was already happening in his heart, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. You know the story. He climbed up the sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he walked by. When Jesus got there, he looked up and he just got the Zacchaeus, got the word, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your house. He scrambles out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. The soil, the soil is something's happening in the heart of Zacchaeus. Something is happening. Others couldn't see it, but Jesus did. And when we ask Jesus to guide us and show us to the right people, I'm not talking about a big crowd, I'm talking about the ones. It just takes one incredibly touched and changed life that will affect others. And in this case, so many people that have been ripped off, he made it right with him, as you know. Everyone who saw the incident from the outside were indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting close with this crook? And then something starts happening in Zacchaeus and he goes, I'll pay back, I'll, I'll pay back. And Jesus doesn't embarrass him. He doesn't ever say, that's right, you know. He wasn't on the 7.30 report with Jesus saying, yeah, right, you know. Jesus said, today, salvation. Uh, today is salvation day in this home. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. And then we have the woman at the well. Of course, I've mentioned her. And here in John chapter 4, I'm just wanting to give you a little like overview of some scriptures to look at and maybe meditate on this week as we're going out and asking the Lord who it is. Who are the others in my world? John 4 verse 35 to 37 in the Passion Translation says this. What? Because we always make an excuses. Oh no, they're not ready. Oh my God, no. I've, ha I've had arguments with that person in the past, but don't worry. God's working on that person. If you're praying for them and if you're getting involved and you're beginning to pray, even do a day of fasting for that person, then the word of God can begin to settle into good soil and not be soil that rejects it. Why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Church, look at all the people coming. Who do you see? Look at all the people coming. Let's be fulfilled. Let's be the let's fulfill the prophecy of the word of God. You don't need a personal prophecy to to know what the will of God is for you personally. I'm here to say it's written in the word of God. It's available for us to wrap it around our heart and to say I'm taking that. I'm going to draw a prayer circle around this scripture. If no none other scripture, take this one cuz hang on, I haven't finished yet. It gets even better. Look at all the people coming. Now is harvest time. It's, it's so we declare it, we walk into it, we see the change. That's how faith works, you know? Faith, 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of what? A thing hoped for, the evidence of a thing not yet seen. But where does that faith come from? That spark, that, that, that just kind of gets into a seed of promise and goes pop 
the Word of God. When you align faith and I believe with the Word of God to actual situations in your world. So it's not like the whole world, but just those select people. And I said uh, to our congregation in LA, forget about the whole city, forget about the whole location of Silverwater, let's say, just three people. Who are three people that God has given you who already are the ones that he has given you? And take this scripture, listen to this. For their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain, grain, ready for a spiritual harvest. That's, that's exciting. Ready for a spiritual harvest. And everyone who uh, sees these souls, who reaps these souls for eternal harvest will receive a reward. And those who plant the spiritual seeds and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with joy. How marvelous. There are people I know that you have in your heart and mind to reach out to. I want you to just think of somebody's face right now, maybe two people. And come on, let's speak this word of God over them. Here's another one in Matthew 4, verse 19 to 21. I love this promise. Come and follow me, and I will transform you into men and women who attract people for God. Amen? Is that your prayer today? My time is up and I want to pray, take a moment to pray, but Lord, let's just lift up our hearts, let's just begin to pray right now. Father in heaven, I thank you. Oh, there are so many wonderful people in our world who you love, who are connected to us, who somehow in our daily life you have connected uh, us to them, but maybe Lord, now it's time to take that one more step to ask if you, we can pray for them to ask them to connect group, to invite them for coffee, to, to, to care for them, to be shepherds and not just friends in the community, but to love one another and to care for them. And Lord, I just pray right now that as we come to a close here today, that Holy Spirit, you will illuminate our hearts, open our eyes to have those harvest eyes that you long for us to have so that, Lord, our prayer is also, Lord Jesus, just one more, just one more, just one more, Heavenly Father. Oh, Christians across this congregation today, you are anointed with the Holy Spirit. You are wonderful, wonderful uh, laborers in the harvest. And I want to encourage you here today that you, we as a church, we as a location are entering into a whole new era of harvest. We're coming into harvest time. People that you've prayed for that maybe you've given up on. Oh, no, I asked and asked and asked and asked and they just turned me down. Hey, now is the time. Now is the time for us to rekindle our love and our faith in God for those souls. And so, Heavenly Father, touch your people today. As we come to a close today, just while we're in this wonderful atmosphere, I feel like seeds are just, seeds of hope are being born again into many of your hearts, into many of your lives. 
oh my goodness, I know how pain and disappointment can just crush you and crush your hope and crush your faith and and to think it's just in the, I just throw it over there. I throw that seed of promise into the too hard basket. But you know what? Today I see the Holy Spirit kind of hovering around those prayers and those souls that you've longed for. Some of you, it's parents. Some of you, it's children. Others, it's siblings and people that you think, oh, they've just cut me off. But pray again. Dream again for souls. Dream again for those ones that do not know him yet. And let's be like that soldier. Oh, Lord, just for one.